Welcome to the Sleep Fairy Way podcast. I'm your host, Jessalyn Romney, a baby sleep consultant and a mother of four. I'm here to teach you everything I know about baby sleep, motherhood, postpartum, and more. I'm so happy you're here. Hello, welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to have Hannah Olson here. She is the Redefining Motherhood Coach. She has five kids and she is gonna talk to us today about three thoughts that we might be having that are affecting our motherhood, that are making us miserable in motherhood. And I told her for sure I'm having these thoughts. So I can't wait to hear from her today. (laughs) Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share with you these thoughts and what to do about them. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, that's that's the key. We want to know what we can do about it, how we can change that. Um, real quick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us like a little bit of your background and what led you to do this work. Yeah. So this all kind of, I mean, it's it's been a long time coming, first of all, but um, it all started when I found out I was pregnant with my first baby. So I always knew I wanted to have kids. That was always very much in the plan. Um, but I had a lot of um, limiting beliefs, I guess you could say, about motherhood. And I didn't even realize that until I was pregnant. So when I got pregnant, um, it was a little bit before the timeline that I had set out for when I thought that I would enter that phase of my life. Like I said, I always knew I wanted to be a mom and that was in the plans, but I kind of felt like I needed to live up my life as much as I could before I started having kids. Because once I started having kids, it was like, my life would be on hold for a little while while I was like, quote unquote, raising my kids and doing that kind of stuff. And then I'd be able to pick it up like down the line once my kids were grown. And so, um, I was like prepared to make that sacrifice and whatever. And like, I felt really strongly that was what God wanted me to do and all these things, but it was like, I wasn't ready yet. So when I found out I was pregnant, um, I had a really hard time actually kind of coming to terms with that and just being like, okay, well, I guess my life is over now. (laughs) And I know that, I know that sounds really dramatic. Um, but that's totally where I was. And unfortunately that was continually reinforced by the conversations that I had with people leading up to my daughter's birth and just like, and not even people intentionally trying to make me feel that way. But I think because my, my mind was already believing that thought pattern, it was so easy to find evidence that it was true. And just hearing all these stories of say goodbye to your sleep. You might have heard that one before, right? Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's why I do what I do. (laughs) Say goodbye to your sleep, say goodbye to date night, say goodbye to like your hobbies and just like kind of this general idea that you're going to be burned out all the time, that you're not going to be fulfilled, that there's just going to be so many like things that are hard and it's just, you have to suck it up and deal with it. And I, it, it literally led me to question why people have kids at all. Like every day during that pregnancy, I was just sobbing to my husband being like, it seems like everybody actually hates having kids. Why do people keep having kids? Like, I honestly don't get it. Is everyone just doing it because of like the religious aspect, because it's what God commanded, like maybe, but yet people keep having more kids. Like it was just this huge disconnect because my brain was like convinced <laughs> that having kids was going to be the worst thing that had ever happened to me. Yeah. And yet And a lot of people did seem miserable and it, like, it did seem like it was the worst thing that had ever happened to them. But there were some people that I gravitated to during that time that I was like, okay, this person doesn't seem like they hate their life. (laughs) And so that's great. Right. And so anyway, my daughter was finally born and it was really interesting because there were a lot of hard things that I was doing for sure. But every time I would come across something hard, I'd have this question of like, but is this motherhood? 
And that's when I started realizing we have really confusing language around what motherhood is just as society as a whole and pretty much anything that is lumped together with interacting with a child is labeled motherhood. And I started picking up on that and I was just like, okay, but, but is it though? Like changing a diaper, like, is that motherhood? Like changing my baby's diaper is not what's making me her mom. Anybody can change their diaper, her diaper, and it's not going to make them her mom. Right? Like, what is it that's making me her mom? And even, you know, spending, like being the primary caregiver, like, is that what's making me her mom? Well, no, my husband is her dad and he has, you know, he's a really great dad and he goes to work outside of the house every day. And so it just really started breaking down, like all of these things that were referred to as motherhood. And it was, it came to my attention that like most of the things that we talk about as motherhood actually aren't motherhood. Most of it's just caregiving. And, um, so when I boiled it down, like all motherhood actually is, is a relationship. And there are a thousand different ways to strengthen that relationship. And if you, if you look at the way that we talk about fatherhood, as opposed to the way we talk about motherhood, that's when it really comes to light because you can see that there's this huge disconnect of what we expect from mothers versus what we expect from fathers. But again, at the end of the day, when you boil it all down, like all fatherhood is, is a relationship. All motherhood is, is a relationship. And so that's why I've kind of that's why I created this business and it's called redefining motherhood because that's what I think we're missing is this articulation around the conversation of motherhood and being so specific about what motherhood actually is. And then everything else is great and it's helpful and it's important. All the things, the task-based things that we refer to as motherhood Mm -hmm. are important if you want them to be like, they can be important. Right. And some of them are, you know, making sure that your children are fed and that they have a caring person there to be with them. But those are just a means to build the relationship. And as I started, so I had my first daughter and I just started having kids like pretty much as fast as I could. So I had five kids in six years and, um, and we've loved it, but there was a time where I was getting so I don't know if overwhelmed is the right word, but I was just focusing so much, so much of my focus and attention was on the tasks that I lost sight of the relationship. And I think that's so easy to do, especially as a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. because you think I'm a stay at home mom. Like I am a mom. I'm a full-time mom, right? That's, that could actually be one of our thoughts that we talk about. Um, But then the flaw with that thinking is that just because you're with your kids all the time and you're doing things for your kids all the time means that you're actually connecting and building a relationship. And I realized that I was there, especially during the pandemic, right? When we weren't going anywhere, we weren't doing anything. I was literally a stay at home mom 24 seven. And that was the time that my relationship with my kids was actually the weakest because I was so focused on. I mean, I had these four little babies, right? I had a five-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a newborn. And I was just like, so focused on all the tasks. I really wasn't making space or being emotionally available to support the relationship. And that's when I was like, hold on a second. I want my life to be reflective of, I want to be putting the relationship first. And then all the other, other stuff is like, not as important. I mean, again, my kids need to eat food, right? right? But like, is where the food is coming from 
more important than me emotionally connecting with them? No. So stop stressing about that and just be available. And also I, um, decided that I didn't want to just have my life be on hold forever. And I decided that the best thing for my relationship with my kids was to find time where I could pursue things that were interesting to me and made me feel excited about my life and whatever. And, um, and so I actually started spending less time with my kids. I started hiring babysitters to come every, you know, 10 hours a week. And that was a huge thing for me because before I'm sorry, I'm getting really long-winded with this story. No, you're good. You're good. I love (laughs) hearing this. Before it was like being a stay-at-home mom was the epitome of being a good mom in my mind. Like those things, it was like to be a good mom, you're a stay-at-home mom. That's what God wants for me. That's the best thing for me. You know, like I had other friends who worked outside of the home and their kids were in daycare or they had nannies or whatever. And I was like jealous of them to some extent, like I was kind of like, that's not fair. Like, why did they get to, to pursue their dreams and do these things that they love and whatever. And, but it was like, I had this moral high ground of like, oh, but I am, I am doing the righteous thing of being a stay at home mom. I'm doing like what God wants for me. And it was during the pandemic that I actually had this revelation. I honestly believe that's what it was of God being like, Hannah, you're missing the point here. (laughs) The point isn't doing all the things so that you can have this, you know, this societal gold medal of, Oh, I'm such a great mom. I do everything for my kids. The, the point is developing the relationship and what that relationship is going to teach you. And you're totally looking at this backwards. (laughs) And so once I had that realization, I was like, okay, wait, if I want to have a healthy relationship with these kids and not you know, have resentment coming in or have any of these other unhealthy behavioral patterns, I need to start living my life for me and figure out how they are, are, they're not holding me back. Right. Like they are just a, um, they are helping me grow and they're helping me expand. Um, this isn't one of the three thoughts that I had written down, but this is a very easy caveat to one of them. And that is just this idea that motherhood is like limiting and restrictive. Mm-hmm. Like think like so many women kind of focus on the things that they can't do now that they are a mom. And I think that that is a really unhealthy idea for the relationship that you're building with your kids and for yourself, because here's the reality. Is your life going to change when you have kids? Maybe, probably, yes. There are aspects that are going to change. But if you're thinking about it from an aspect of, oh, like I used to be able to do this and now I can't do that, that's not going to be helpful. What's going to be helpful is really evaluating, like, why can't you do that? It's probably not true, first of all. And if if you don't want to do that anymore now that you have kids, that's an entirely different conversation. Yeah. Okay. This is so interesting. This is like blowing my mind and everything you're saying, like I relate to so much because I find myself, especially right now. And I've like kind of talked about this, how one of my kids is really struggling with a lot of like emotional things right now. And then my two-year-old, I've never had a kid like this. She is on top of some sort of surface at all times. Like she is like dumping and spraying and like she'll find a bag of goldfish and just stomp on it and then dump it out. Like, so I just feel like I'm constantly like, I can never have a clean house because you're always messing it up. Or I can never, you know, go do this because this. And 
I just, I just am having all these thoughts that you're talking about. So I'm so excited to hear the three things you're going to talk about today, because I know it's going to help me and I know it's going to help so, so many other moms out there. So I'm just so excited to hear it. So tell me, what is the first thought? I know you kind of talked about that thought of like, um, not, not thinking about what I can't do. Um, so we talked about that, but I want to know what, what is the first thought that probably a lot of us are having? And then what can we do to change that thought? Yep. Okay. So the first thought is something along the lines of like, I need a mommy break or I need a break from motherhood. I feel like I see that one on social media a lot specifically. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about that because people don't really want a break from motherhood. When you are thinking about motherhood as a relationship, because when you think about motherhood as a relationship, you don't be like, oh, I don't want to have this relationship with my kids anymore. Probably. I mean, maybe there are instances where that's true. But like when most people are saying that, like, oh, I want a mommy break or, oh, I just want a break from this. Like you really mean you want a break from caregiving. You want a break from maybe like housework. You want a break from sweeping just- up the squished goldfish in the carpet. Yes, exactly. 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 And so great, but how much easier is that? Like, especially as a stay at home mom and as the primary caregiver, or not even as a stay at home mom, but just as a parent, you are going to be a caregiver some of the time. Right. But how much easier is it to think like, oh, it'd be really nice to have a break from this job of caregiving than a break from motherhood. Because really what we want is we want to just have a release from that responsibility, which of course we do. And, and there's no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And great. Take a weekend away. <laughs> like you are perfectly entitled <laughs> to have some time off as a caregiver. But be so careful here because that is not time off from being a mom. Even if you go away for the weekend, you are still your children's mother. Mm. I love that so much. So basically, literally just taking out the word motherhood, I need a break from motherhood and replacing the word motherhood with With the actual thing, with caregiving, with cleaning, with whatever it is you're losing your mind over. It's not the relationship itself. It is the act of cleaning or whatever. It's the task. Yep. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. That is going to change everything. So whenever I'm feeling very overwhelmed, I'm going to write that down. Then like I need a break from, and then write down what do I need a break from? Right. And even maybe taking it one step further, you could just say like, I want a break from, because I mean, do you really need it or would it be nice? Like, it's probably just like, oh, it'd be so nice to have a break from totally this. Right. Yep. And it's okay to want a break from all of those things. Like you said, it's absolutely okay. Like, does your husband ever not want to go to work sometimes? Oh, yes. (laughs) Great. But see, and that's the thing. Is it anybody that's working any job sometimes doesn't want to go to that job? Yeah. But when you, your job is taking care of your children and you think you don't want to go to your job, then all of a sudden it's this like existential crisis of why did I even have children? This is so hard. This is like, oh, I just like, you know, like we start spiraling, but really it's just like, everybody wants a break from their job sometimes that's perfectly fine. And maybe you'll get it and maybe you won't, but either way, you don't have to feel mom guilt over it. Like, Oh, I'm a terrible mother because I want to break from my kids. Like, no, 
I actually heard this quote once that was like, don't be so full of yourself to think that your kids don't want to break from you just as much as you want to break. <laughs> and it's like, of course they do. <laughs> of course they want to break from me. Of course they want to break from me. Okay. I love that so much. That's so good. Okay. So replace motherhood with the task. That's so good. Okay. Thought number two. What is the other thought that is making thought us number visible? two is um, how my children behave is a reflection of how good of a parent I am or how good of a mom I am. And that one, I feel like with, uh, you know, a lot of parenting accounts have kind of come forward lately that are helping us kind of shift away from this mentality, but it is so easy to judge how well we are doing on something entirely out of our control. And it's making us miserable because like I said, it's entirely out of our control. So the only thing that is in our control is how we are behaving now. Be careful with that too, because we're not going to be perfect. We're going to mess up. So when we do, how do we, you know, how do we repair? How are we making sure that the, the relationship is going to be, again, the thing that we're prioritizing above everything else? Okay. Um, that that one's been so hard for me lately too. And I've, I've talked about how like I started therapy last year and it's been so great and I love it because like I said, I do have a child that has been struggling so much. I mean, for the last couple of years really. But um, at the end of every day, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Like I have four kids. How is it that like, you know, some of them are fine and like don't need so much attention from me. And then another one is struggling so much. And I just like every day was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, where did I go wrong? And it wasn't until I talked about it that I made that realization too. Like, you don't really have control over how your child is going to act or behave in certain situations. You have control like of yourself and how you respond to that situation. And that like still to this day, I am constantly having to change my mind around it. But why do we blame ourselves for that? I think that like when we see other kids misbehave, like, you know, we kind of grew up around this culture of like, oh, where's that kid's yes. parents? For sure. For sure. And I think it is a large cultural like shift that we see happening because so much of parenting in previous generations was based around control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I, I hear this too, is like control is an, is an illusion, right? Because it really is like when parents were, um, you know, controlling these behaviors out of their kids to like work a certain way, like they weren't, they were getting the compliance, but they weren't really controlling, right? Like there's just, it's really complex, but yes, basically what you're saying is I completely agree with you is that we have been conditioned to believe that I think a lot just from prior generations. That's just how it was thought, right? Like if you're a good parent, your, your kid's work in a certain way. Um, but just always having that reminder of like, okay, my kids are going to do what they're going to do. How am I going to respond? And just making sure that we're really tuning in with like our needs. And again, that was kind of going back to my story of how I got here is like, I had kind of, I mean, so much of the conversation around motherhood is focused on you self-sacrificing all of your own needs, like for the sake of your kids, quote unquote. Right. And it's crazy how backwards that is because the reality is I am so much more patient and able to roll with the punches when I am tuning into my needs and making sure that I am taking care of myself in those ways instead of just like 
forgetting myself and focusing on my kids because totally when I do that, then I'm way more uptight about anything that they're doing. And so many times, like when, especially even my kids, if they're like fighting or whatever, and I'm like trying to control them to like apologize or whatever. And it's, then I just walk away. They work it out so much better. 95% of the time when I just give them the space to do it on their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so hard because sometimes you're like, just stop, like, just stop fighting. But I've noticed that too. And I'm like, just give them a minute. And that's how they learn skills too. Like if we don't give them the opportunity to learn, then they're never going to going to learn like problem solving, but it is really hard to not want to jump in and be like, I have to control the situation because if I'm not jumping in and controlling the situation, I'm not doing my job as a mom. And if I'm not making you be nice, then I'm not doing my job as a mom. And yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's easier said than done, but I think it's important to, continue to flip your mind and to work on that, to work on understanding that kids are going to be kids. So anyways, okay. That I love that so much. Okay. Okay. And then the third one is at the end of the day, when you're like thinking back over the day and kind of making a judgment of like, Oh, I was a good mom today or I was a bad mom today. Mm -hmm. And either way is actually not helpful because it's again, thinking of it more like a job. So that's kind of how we describe a job. Like, oh, I did a good job or I did a bad job. But when you're thinking about it as a relationship, you don't really talk about it in that way anymore. Like, do you say like, oh, I'm good at that relationship and I'm bad at that relationship? Not really. It's more on a spectrum of like, oh, I'm feeling connected in this relationship or I'm feeling disconnected. And so when we think about it that way, it's not like we're doing good or bad, but it's just like, there are times where we might not have responded to a situation that is facilitating the connection, the level of connection that we want to. So then what do we do? We repair, right? (laughs) We just go. And it's not like a good or bad. It's just, okay, where am I? How am I feeling with my kids? And how am I showing up in a way that is saying that I am a safe place for them? Mm -hmm. And it's again, not this check mark checks box of like, good job, bad job. It's oh, I handled that in a way that I wish I had done differently. Like, okay, what am I going to learn from this and take from this to tomorrow? Okay. That's so good. I, as you were saying that I kind of, I had this thought of like, what do you do when you don't feel like there is enough of you to go around? Like with five kids, that's a lot of you. Like there's one of you and there's five of them and you want to have these strong relationships with them, but it's really hard to pour a lot of your emotional self into each one of those relationships. So how do you, how do you do that? How do you, at the end of the day say like, wow, I felt really connected to all of my kids. And maybe you don't, maybe you can't feel connected to all of them, or maybe you can, but I find myself at the end of the day thinking like, oh, I only had enough of me to give to like two of my kids today. And I feel like the other two just really got the short end of the stick today. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time finding enough of me to give, I guess. Um, yeah. so I, I guess the question is how do you make those connections every day? How do you make sure that you're making those connections so that at the end of the day, you can think like, wow, I, that relationship feels so good right now. So I think for me, um, yeah. Cause I don't have like this rule in my head of like, oh, I need to have spent X amount of minutes with each of my kids in order to feel connected with them, which again, that's, if you do have that, that's great. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah. but so many of the rules that we make around this are literally just made up. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> We're not like narrated in anything. And like you said, like, how do I know if I did enough? What is enough? Like, how do you define enough? Like enough is yeah. a decision, not an amount. Mm-hmm. And so you really just have to be like, like how really the, okay. How do I phrase this for me? I just focus on being a safe place for my kids as much as possible. Okay. And that's just like how I kind of like, and if I wasn't a safe place for one of my kids at some point during the day, then I really try to make an effort like that night when we're going to bed, be like, Hey, you know what? I reacted like that to that thing that you said. And I'm really sorry. That wasn't okay. And so I just am trying to like, make sure that when I'm interacting with my kids, am I interacting with them in a way that is making me a safe place for them when they need something and like making myself available for them to ask for their needs. But I am very like clear with my kids that they do have to ask for things, (laughs) you know, like I'm not, I'm not someone that's just going to go do everything all the time. Right. Like I am Mm -hmm. like, Hey, yeah, do you want to do something? Great. Let's do it. But like they, I feel like we have this good balance of like, they take initiative. I take initiative, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, just not having like any of these kind of requirements for what that has to look like. Just being very open to it being like, some days we're going to hang out a lot. Some days we not, might not hang out a lot, but either way I am maintaining that, that space of safety for them so that they can come to me and they can know that that's available to them if, and when they want it. Okay. I love that. So basically, um, yeah. Cause I hear like, you know, spend 15 minutes with each of your kids and do all these things. And it's like, Oh, if I don't get to that, I'm going to feel like a failure. But, um, basically if your kid feels safe to come to you, then that's enough. Like that is, but like you said, what is enough for you? Enough is knowing that you're a safe space for them. And I feel like that's a really, really, really good standard to have a really healthy standard to have. you decide what's enough. Like that is your decision to make. Yeah. And some days it might be more than other days, right? Like this past week I've um, been going through some challenges. And so it's like, maybe I haven't had as much capacity, but like, I still tell my kids like, Hey, I'm here for you. I'm having, I'm going through this stuff. I love you. Like, you know, but I'm just kind of like reinforcing that, but also just being like, I'm not as available right now as Mm -hmm. I would like to be going forward. Um, and that's okay too. And honestly, I think a lot of it is is deciding and then just being confident with that decision. Because I think that's where our kids pick up on if we're, I I saw actually, it was really interesting. I saw a study recently about um, confident parents and like how that impacts their, their children and like in their development and stuff. Yeah. And um, I was like, I think that is something that I do just kind of have naturally where it's just like, I'm confident in that. I know that like, I communicate my love to them. I am a safe place for them. Most like the vast, vast majority of the time, even though I do mess up sometimes I always repair, you know? And so it's like, I don't have to get too worried about like all these little things that you hear because there are so many, (laughs) there are so many opinions out there about what, you know, what makes a good parent or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, But ultimately it's like, how am I showing up in my ability to be that safe place. That's what I, that's what I use. Okay. Oh, Hannah, this is, I feel like I could just talk to you all day because everything you're saying, everything you're talking about, everything on your Instagram, it's like, it's just everything that I need because, and this is, maybe this is like too much information to even share on here, but like my, my daughter, because we struggled with secondary infertility for a while. So my daughter is 
like quite a bit older than my other kids, my oldest. Uh -huh. And so she, unlike my other kids who are younger, who don't really notice, she sees a lot of my struggles. Um, she sees like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry that um, they're so hard. I'm so sorry that she keeps, you know, breaking your makeup. And I'm so sorry that she, and she like can see that. And I, she can see that I'm like, ah, I can't believe you just broke my brand new chapstick or what, you know, yeah. and I don't want, I don't want her to think kind of what you were saying at the beginning. I don't want her to think that because I'm a mom, my life is miserable. I don't want her to think that someday when she's a mom, she's going to give up herself. I don't want her to think literally everything that you were talking about at the beginning because, and I remind her all the time, like, honey, I genuinely love being a mom. I love it with all my heart, but it's hard. Like it can be hard. And I just feel like she just sees the hard. And so learning from you, taking these tips, I feel like has motivated me to try harder to focus more on the relationship and less on the tasks because I, I just want my kids to know that I would do anything for them and that they are like, that I love being a mom. Like you said, like motherhood is something that I always wanted to. It is, I'm living my dream right now, um, but it's hard. And I just never really thought about how my struggles with it would affect my oldest daughter who will say things like, oh, I'm kind of scared to be a mom because I know that you have to deal with tantrums and I know that you have to deal, you know, and she'll kind of say things like that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's really great. <laughs> and so like, I don't know, just learning from her too is like, I'm learning that I have a lot to work on too. And so you're just the perfect person to teach me all that, like redefining that motherhood is a relationship. And if I can focus on the relationship more than the tasks that I get tired of, I think that will change everything for both me and my family. So I, I want to add something onto that. What you just said, because yes, I, this, this phrase motherhood is hard is the one that was like all the time that I heard during that first pregnancy, especially. Yes. And I want to challenge you and all of the people that hear this, like when you think that motherhood is hard, pause for a second mm -hmm. and ask what is hard about this right now? Mm -hmm. Because Sometimes it's going to be the relationship because relationships are complex and there's a lot that goes into relationships and it can be really challenging. Yeah. But most of the time when we're saying motherhood is hard, we're not actually talking about motherhood. Okay. And so when your daughter, you know, like when you're talking about that, you can be like, yeah, these are a lot of hard aspects of my job as a primary caregiver. Like who deals with tantrums? anybody that's around children, this is not a motherhood specific thing, right? That's Preschool true. teachers, daycare teachers, nannies, grandparents, uh, older siblings, like anybody that's around a toddler deals with tantrums. That's not motherhood. That is toddlerhood. <laughs> toddlerhood <laughs> is hard. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm going to actually start saying. Right. Because toddlerhood is hard. And I tell, I'm like, honey, you're a toddler too. I tell her all the time, like you were a toddler too. And she's like, yeah, but I was, I was your easiest one. I'm like, you were too. Like you don't, really, <laughs> you don't remember. Right. And you didn't have any siblings at the time because I couldn't give you any. And <laughs> you know, so it's just, but that's a good way to say it is like being two is really hard. It is. And it's not just hard for the two-year-old. It's hard for everyone in the two-year-old's life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it's not yes. just the mom, right? Like we always just pin it to motherhood, yes. but it's like, it's so much more than that. Yes.
So yeah, anytime you hear that or you see it on social media, which you'll see it, Mm -hmm. motherhood is hard, really, really break it down. What are they saying? What am I saying? What is hard about this? Yeah. Not, you know, like your listeners that are dealing with sleep challenges, right? Yeah. Not getting sleep, not getting enough sleep is hard. That is not a unique hardship to motherhood. That is always hard. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Getting sleep is hard, right? Not getting sleep is hard, which is why I always say like, we don't have to accept sleep deprivation, sleep deprivation as part of being a mom. Absolutely not. Yes. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's the sleep deprivation. That's hard. It's not motherhood. That's hard. Yes. If you hired a night, if you hired a night nurse, they would also be having a hard time with it. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Okay. Oh, this, this is so great. Like seriously, the work you're doing is just, it's changing lives. It's changing my life. And I know it's going to change other people's lives. So I just want, where can people find you? Like, I feel like I need to work with you one-on-one like every day for the next five years of my life. So (laughs) we're going to talk about that, but where can people find you? Where can people find you on Instagram? What resources um, do you have that they can get? Like, how can they, how can they work with you? Yeah. So right now, um, Instagram is kind of my main thing. So I'm on I'm okay. freckled Han on Instagram. So my name okay. is Hannah freckled Han. I'll put um, that in the show notes too. So people can perfect. link to that. That's, that's kind of that. like my main hangout spot. Um, although I've been a little bit spotty lately. Um, I do have a website as well. Freckledhan.com. Okay. And okay. I have, well, it probably the easiest place to find it would be on my Instagram bio. There's like a link okay. and I have like a freebie there that you can sign up for that is getting clear on what motherhood is and what it isn't. And basically it's like helping you, um, separate the tasks that are associated with being a primary caregiver, being a stay at home mom and separating that out from the relationship. And that's just kind of like a little workbook that takes you through just different aspects of it. So that might be a helpful resource for people. Oh, that's super helpful. I will actually, I'll put that in the show notes too. So people can just click on it straight from there. Perfect. Um, Okay. Sorry. And what else? So that's a freebie. What if somebody wants to like meet with you, work with you, yeah, talk one-on-one so with you? I, um, yeah, I offer one-on-one coaching right now. I have a okay. three month package. It's kind of like the main thing that I'm offering, but happy to set up custom packages. Just reach out to me and we can kind of talk about details. I do offer like a free, um, complimentary 30 minute call just to kind of get a taste of what I do in coaching and kind of explain how it all works. Okay. Um, okay. but yeah, and then I will just, keep up on my Instagram would probably be the easiest thing. Cause I am hoping to launch a couple of new things this year as well. Like maybe a group option for a little bit of lower price point. Um, and potentially a course I also have right now available. Um, it's called my, I've changed the name of it a couple of times. What is it called? Um, finding confidence in motherhood and eliminating mom guilt. And it's a guide, which is basically like, it's basically like an audio class. It's like a 40 okay. minute, um, class that you can listen to it, but it comes with the text as well. If you'd rather read it and it takes you through, um, a framework that I developed for eliminating mom guilt and making confident decisions. So that's, it's a $27 workbook that you can find on my bio as well. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Hannah, you're amazing. I'm going to link everything you just said in the show notes so people can just find you right away. Um, including your Instagram handle so people can just go find you. I love everything you're doing. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for being here. You're so great. And I can't wait to keep learning from you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We'll talk to you later. Bye. If you want to learn more about the resources I have to offer, head to thesleepfairyway.com or follow me on Instagram at the underscore 
sleep fairy. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.